Between the ongoing Evergrande saga and the launch of a new property tax pilot in China, real estate has been a pretty big topic lately. So to get a quick explainer on why the country's property market is so important, we are on the line this week with our Vice President for China Operations, Matt Margulies, from the U.S. China Business Council in Washington, D.C. I'm Ian Hutchinson, and this is the China Business Minute. Matt Margulies is our Vice President for China Operations. Matt, welcome back. Hey, Ian. Good to be here again. All right. So we've read a lot of news lately about China's real estate market, both in the context of debt challenges and also property taxes. So can you give us a quick rundown here? What's going on with China's property market? You're right. There have been some interesting and important developments lately with the potential to impact China's economy and its consumption ability. So it's important for businesses to be monitoring China's real estate developments closely. Uh, on October 23rd, the Standing Committee of China's Legislature adopted a decision to authorize the central government to pilot uh, some property tax reforms in certain regions across China. This pilot round is rumored to be tested in some of China's major cities, including Shanghai, Shenzhen, and Hangzhou, Hainan, and Chongqing. Um, and we're going to have a five-year trial period where China's National Tax Bureau and Ministry of Finance will draft measures to implement the tax in these regions and prepare conditions for pilot reforms to China's property market. This is something that has been trialed and tested in small ways across different regions in China in the past, but has never led to full-scale adoption. Interesting. So we are looking at changes to the real estate market and taxes. So why has this been carrying such a high profile in, in media coverage lately? Can you kind of give us a sense for just how important real estate is to the Chinese economy? You know, why it matters purely beyond what a building costs? As we know, when discussing China, scale really is everything. China's property market has developed to be, uh, I think, the largest in the world by value and is deeply connected to China's economic growth and it, basically its general economic model. So any changes that impact this massive market have significant potential to impact the rest of not only China's economy, but also other global economies as well. So, mm -hmm. so, so tell us a little bit about the economic challenges that some of these changes may face then. So when we talk about the property tax proposal occurring on a trial basis, it's important to understand the challenges for implementing this idea nationwide the importance of the real estate market in China, and really the political calculus behind all of this that's, that's pushing this forward. For a little bit of context, uh, China's real estate market, I believe, is roughly a $55 trillion market. That's trillion with a T, uh, which is two and a half times larger than the U.S. real estate market was in 2007 before our real estate crash and the global financial crisis. Now, that's all while China's per capita GDP is, by some estimates, only 16% of the United States levels. On top of that, I've seen reports in the Wall Street Journal, for example, that 90% of urban Chinese residents own their home as opposed to renting it. Uh, somewhere between 70 to 80% of Chinese wealth is stored in real estate, for example, owning multiple homes as a store of wealth and that 29% of China's overall GDP is directly or indirectly connected to real estate. So this is all to say that China's real estate market is huge, its connection to people's livelihood is huge and outsized, and that the stakes for a property tax are huge as well. Right? Anything that impacts the value of real estate can have a dramatic impact on not only China's economy, but the individual wealth of millions of people in China. Another element here 
is Chinese government revenues and the way they collect money to run their economy, right? Local governments in China are not permitted to issue bonds to raise debt directly, which over the years has led them to raise capital primarily through one, pursuing land sales to real estate developers, and two, local financing vehicles, which are kind of these, these entities that are owned by governments to issue debt on their behalf, and which has created a lot of off-balance sheet debt for governments over the years. On land sales, revenues from local government land sales in 2020, I believe, were 1.3 trillion U.S. dollars. So a 1% tax on a real estate market valued at $55 trillion would be roughly $500 billion in government revenues from property tax, which is a big adjustment if you're looking at land sales last year, which were $1.3 trillion versus a property tax generating roughly $500 billion um, in government revenues. And for China, the real estate bubble has inflated so high that many worry that a property tax that's being discussed or piloted now would cause demand for land to drop, right? And so drops in demand for land would start a chain effect of real estate values also dropping. So then we know that real estate value dropping, which is uh, where all of that stored wealth we talked about earlier being stored in kind of multiple properties also decreases. So if stored wealth is decreasing, right? Individuals or families are starting to lose their wealth. Um, as people lose money or asset values decrease, they tend to spend less money, right? Meaning this real estate property tax and a, a reduction in the real estate market and in stored wealth could have significant secondary effects on consumption from people in China. This is also not to mention that if demand for real estate is down, then construction probably also slows down, and thus the demand for inputs into construction, like raw materials, iron, copper, concrete, glass, etc. Um, so countries that are exporting a lot of that stuff to China could significantly be impacted greatly as well by potentially a property tax in China, depending on how it is implemented. Um, and so if we were to look at an example and say uh, a 1% property tax as the basis for what gets piloted across China, I don't think we're there yet. We don't know what the numbers are going to look like. But as an example, right? We know many property owners have their wealth tied up in multiple properties in China. And so um, that current, currently that ownership in multiple properties has very little in terms of carrying cost for the properties today. You buy the property, you own it, and you can sit on it. And then you can hold on to them and watch them appreciate in value as the real estate market goes up. Um, but now, as the real estate market has potential to be impacted by a property tax and potential um, for uh, decreased values, right, um, I've seen varying data points, and I want to underscore that I'm not an economist, but I've seen reports that a 1% property tax per year being equivalent to 10% of a person's pre-tax income in China. And if you were to look at some of the top real estate markets in China, like Shenzhen, that could represent a 50% uh, or more of someone's income based on per capita income levels in China. And so that's if they just own one property, right? So the economics of a property tax and the kind of cascading effects that could have on land sales, real estate values, construction, right? All of these different elements of the economy could be fairly daunting. Okay, so the magnitude and costs of this are pretty incredible and it's kind of hard to wrap your head around. So, so why does the government want to do this? You're right. This all happens within 
um, the context of two important backdrops for China. And it's all a bit complex, but one I would say is the Evergrande debt crisis and the slowdown in China's real estate market that we know is already underway. The second backdrop is this new push for what's being a new term kind of coined as common prosperity, which is a concept that's not really truly defined, but is being pushed by the government and I think can generally be viewed as an effort to reduce inequality and restructure China's economic model. On the debt crisis and, and real estate challenges, as we know, Evergrande is one of China's largest real estate developers that is grappling with, I believe, $300 billion in outstanding debt um, and came very close to defaulting on some of that debt in recent weeks. There have been other large developers in China with similarly large debt overhangs that have also defaulted or come close lately as well. Um, I know according to a survey by the China Real Estate Information Center, greater than 90% of China's top 100 real estate developers' sales in September fell by an average of 36% compared to 2020, which notably was a COVID year already with relatively low base economic numbers. So we're starting to see these challenges in China's um, real estate market already uh, come about. On the common prosperity front, We've seen several high-profile regulatory crackdowns on the education sector and other sectors, seemingly in an effort to reduce stresses for Chinese families, to turn around the significant demographic challenges in China that, uh, that families face and that are compounded by the high costs of raising children, and of course, competition for real estate around highly prized school communities. So that's what's at stake here. Uh, we have a property tax that's being piloted. We have a slowdown in the real estate market. Uh, we have a lot of people's wealth tied up in the real estate market, and so any downturns in real estate could significantly impact individual wealth, could impact consumption, and could impact um, companies and countries that are exporting a lot of materials that go into construction and real estate in China. It's really difficult to get this accomplished. The market is huge and connected to people's individual wealth, but it's already a bit shaky. Um, the impacts to people and to the broader economy are really hard to overstate, which is why I think you've seen multiple pilots and smaller scale efforts to do this um, in the past, but haven't seen it broadly adopted nationwide yet. At the same time, China is at least talking about, if not trying to, take the bold steps necessary to create a new growth model at a time when many believe that China's kind of old playbook of infrastructure-led growth of the past has really already maximized its productive output and um, need to seek new ways of economic development. And so one way is the government wants to reduce economic inequality and make it more possible to have and raise a family across China. Um, the country's real estate market is some of the most expensive in the world, so tackling this issue could be helpful if successful. Um, a property tax could reduce some of the crony capitalism that is closely affiliated with, with real estate. And then getting local government finances on a sustainable track and a more direct link between um, taxpayers and services offered by local governments would also support a lot of these common prosperity uh, objectives or goals. So the challenges are certainly real. The five-year pilot we're going to see may signal the difficulties in getting this approved in one fell swoop, which sometimes we're accustomed to seeing in China, but it will be important for all of us to really see how this develops. All right. That's a pretty helpful explainer. So thanks for sharing that with us, Matt. Sure thing, Ian. Thanks for having me. Always great to uh, discuss some of these issues and look forward to being back on in a couple weeks. Thanks a lot. Again, Matt Margulies is our Vice President for China Operations. 
China Business Minute is a production of the U.S. China Business Council. You can always learn more about the work that we do on our website, uschina.org. If you like the show, please do leave it a rating and a review as it will help other people find it. As always, thank you very much for listening, and we'll be back next week.